Superman Forever Radio, Episode 106, The Deaths of Superman. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, the instant of ship town is now the man of steel, Superman! Hello, and welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. show where I talk about Superman from 1938 to Rebirth and beyond. And I appreciate you downloading the show and listening to it, of course. This is a show, like I said, where I talk about Superman. There's no particular order, rhyme, or reason about uh, what you may hear from one episode to another. It's me talking about Superman. So uh, there we have it. And today we're going to talk about uh, the deaths of Superman. And we'll get to that in a little bit and Lex Luthor in a little bit. But a couple of things I wanted to mention right up here up front. Email. Thank you for sending the email and uh, planning an email program probably first of next year, maybe to start off the year or maybe as a uh, end of year. I might do two episodes in December and, and one of them may be an email. So get that in if you can, if you want to be part of that. It's bob at supermanforever.com. Bob at supermanforever.com. Send me some email. And speaking of email, I'd like to thank Dave, the, the people who have sent in uh, some email, Dave McElvaney and a few other people. And thank you for those. And, and speaking of Dave McElvaney, <laughs> what a great, great, great surprise. As some of you know who follow me on, uh, who are friends with me on Facebook, you know that every Tuesday, as it gets close to 7 p.m. on the East Coast Tuesday, uh, I'll, I would post a little thing about, uh, see you guys later. The guys will be over here uh, soon. And it's usually me, you know, a little panicked because the guys come over every Tuesday, all my friends, not all my friends, but a, a bunch of my friends. And we've been getting together, literally, some of us for close to 30 years. And it's a long story about how we came to be on the Tuesday night at my house. But anyway, that's what's happened. And and Tuesday nights now is a special night here. Every Tuesday night at my house, my, my friends come over. And again, as I said, I would do this on Facebook and tell everybody, well, I'll talk to you all later. The guys will be here soon. And usually me panic that the house isn't ready and I need to get things ready for the guys. Well, Dave posted a picture. Dave McElvaney posted a picture once uh, in reply to that and said this is what he would think. He's going to think of me every Tuesday when I, when I mention the guys coming over. And it was a picture, a terrific picture, of the Super Pets playing um, poker. Super Pets, including Ace the Bat Hound by the way. So what a great surprise that Dave actually sent me in the mail a print of that image. It's wonderful. And and now it hangs over the fireplace, overlooking the round table where the guys, where we sit on Tuesday nights. So 
um, which which stimulated some conversation, by the way, from the guys because the guys are not. And I say the guys; these are friends of mine, and these are not comic book guys. These are not, you know, they, they've seen some of the comic book movies or movies based on comics, but these aren't comic book guys. They they didn't they don't know. And when they saw it, they were hey something new. What is dogs playing poker? You know, that was their immediate, hey, dogs playing poker. And then they went, wait, wait, that's, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. So we had a great conversation because they don't, they didn't know these guys. You know, I mentioned crypto and they go, oh yeah, crypto, that's Superman's dog. Yeah, they know crypto or maybe one or two of them knew crypto. But it, it, it got the conversation about that. And I was able to talk comics on Tuesday night and it was, it was really great. So Dave... Thank you. Thank you for that. That was a terrific gift, and I really, really appreciate it. And the guys love it, and it's uh, it's a permanent spot now of honor over the mantle uh, overlooking the round table. So thank you for that. Also, thanks for the email, Dave, and thanks for the email from others. And, by the way, some iTunes. We got an iTunes review from Glenn Clark. And thank you, Glenn. That was terrific. I appreciate that. So, Thank you for the for the you know the thing. So if we want to get if you want to be part of it, so I'll say again if you want to be part of the email program that's coming up either late December or early January, uh, get your email in to Bob at SupermanForever.com. Uh, some other good news for the podcast here: uh, the official DCComics.com website. That's DCComics.com has added a DC fans site uh, section called DC fans. So if you were to go, for example, to dccomics.com slash DC fans, scroll down about halfway on that page and you will see uh, big blue words that say DC fan site and some little black headers across the thing. And the one on the right is podcasts. If you click on the podcasts link, it shows podcasts that are related to DC Comics. Well, I am thrilled and honored to be the only Superman podcast listed so far in that list of podcasts on that site with graphics. We're there with uh, Raging Bullets, a DC Comics fan podcast. Uh, a Legends of DC Universe of Tomorrow podcast. And, of course, our friends over at Supergirl Radio are listed there. So I just wanted to thank DC Comics for including us there. I, I, I think, you know, it's, they're bound to add more as as time progresses. I, I, I can't believe that uh, I'm going to maintain and be the only Superman podcast there. But for right now, it's very exciting. So if you go to dccomics.com slash dcfans, scroll down to DC Fan Sites and click on Podcasts, you'll find our uh, graphic there with and you can click on it and it'll take you right back to our website and the podcast so uh very very cool i think they're going to uh, i would assume that dc is going to expand that and and add uh, add some of the other great podcasts and superman dc comics podcasts and superman podcasts so uh i'm looking forward to that in the future but thank you dc for for us being the first yay Okay, speaking of DC Comics, I want to briefly turn to the world of 
Comics and DC, of course, and the Superman books, the Super Books. Rebirth, I'm still reading quite a few uh, of the titles, even some of the non-Superman titles. Uh, but so far, I'm pretty pleased with most of the Super books. Unfortunately, I have dropped the new Super Dash Man book, Super Hyphen Man. Just wasn't doing for me. You know, I might come back and pick it up in trade. Supergirl, very interesting that they're kind of mixing up. I don't know if they're going to confuse any new readers uh, or not, but you know you can't really worry too much, I guess, about that because. But they are bringing in parts of stuff that the TV show uh, has, the DEO, the Danvers, uh, you know, other aspects of the TV show. But whereas the TV show is, uh, Kara is, uh, you know, a young adult in her mid twenties. The comic book Supergirl is much younger, teenager, in fact, her secret identity, uh, which harkens a little bit back to the Silver Age, which I'm liking a lot, is, you know, her, uh, you know, she's going to be Danvers and and the brown wig, and, you know, it's kind of cool ponytail, so, and she's in high school, so uh, that's younger there, so there's going to be a little different, so there'll be aspects of this TV show, the DEO and some of these other aspects uh, that have been established in the TV show are now going to be part of the comic book, but in a different way. So, you know, that may or may not be confusing for some people, but that's been a, you know, an okay, interesting little book. I'm enjoying that. I like the look of it. Uh, the actual two super books, Action and Superman, thoroughly enjoying those two, particularly Action a little more than Superman action comics. Uh, love the graphics. Love the way it looks. It, it, it feels serious. Dan Jurgens uh, and company are just knocking it out of the park over there. Superman, I'm really enjoying it, okay? But not to the levels of action. And, uh, okay, now I just finished Superman number 11, so that'll kind of show you where we are. So a little bit of spoilers here. I'm going to talk just for a second. And they have spent this first arc, basically, this first main story arc, establishing and introducing us to Jonathan, the son of Clark and Lois, which is fine. And some of it was just outright spectacular. I had a fun little, uh, not an argument, I wouldn't exactly call it an argument. I don't know what it is. It's one of those, you know, friendly back and forths when you when you both like the same thing for different reasons or you don't like certain aspects of it. Uh, I had a little fun thing with Scotty V from the Superman homepage on, on Facebook uh, about one of the panels I put up where I loved the panel. It was a great, great full-page panel of uh, Superman with Jonathan on his back, Crypto flying beside them. They're both flying next to uh, a World War II loser soldier uh, from DC Comics GI losers from the, from the old days flying on a pterodactyl. It's Superman, dinosaurs, World War II guys, monsters. It's so cool. It's yay Silver Age. What's not to like was my comment. What's not to like? And Scotty said, the Silver Age, <laughs> which led us to an interesting little thing. A little too silly for Scotty. Scotty likes it a little more grounded, a little more realistic. 
Uh, I, on the other hand, love, absolutely love some of the fantasy elements that they brought back in. But I don't want them to get too carried away. I don't want Superman to become Jonathan's book. You know, I'm fine with the fact that now they've introduced him. They've set him up. We even had uh, spoilers in the latest issue. We see finally Jonathan team up with Damien and even Alfred names them the Super Sons. Yay! Okay, so now we've got them. There they are. They're there. Okay, let's move them over to their own book. Okay? And get Superman's title back to being a story about Superman. I think... Uh, it won't bother me to have a page or two every issue in Superman, you know, of his home life and what's going on and a little sub story going on there. But now that now that we've established Jonathan's cred, we know who he is, when where he's come from. And we've been watching Lois in action get back together, you know, in her part. But I think it's time now to move Jonathan, the main story of Jonathan, off into his own book and move on. Okay, and get to that story. Not that I'm not enjoying it. I have enjoyed it. But I don't want Superman's main title every all the time, every month now, to be all about Jonathan. Okay? The other thing that I have a small problem with, some of the artwork, when it features Jonathan, when it's a story about John. Now, they haven't really called him Jonathan much. It's John. J-O-N. The artwork is a little... I don't want to say cartoony, but it's the big-eyed kids. It's kind of the anime manga, I guess, kind of thing. I don't know enough about manga, but I think of anime when I see, particularly when they draw children, they accentuate their eyes. And when it's in the same panel with an adult head, and the adult head looks, you know, okay, normal within, relatively normal for the style. And there's Jonathan's head, and he's got these big, you know, oversized eyeballs. And, and you know, I don't know, it's a little too cartoony for me in those. It kind of, you know, I know that people are loving it, and that, but that's a personal for me. I like the artwork more in, say, action recently than in Superman. But loving it all. I think the stories have been really good. They've established it. I like what they're doing in Rebirth so far. I'm still enjoying the comics. So, yay. Been a long time since I've been able to say pretty much every time I pick up a comic now, well, that was good. A lot of good stuff happening at DC. A lot of good threads they're pulling. A lot of stories. It's multiple stories. It feels feels like, you know, it just feels good. That's all. I'm enjoying them. So, Right after this, we'll get into today's topics, the deaths of Superman. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. After 54 years, DC Comics has decided to kill off Superman. November 18th, 1992. Man of Steel has proven to be as vulnerable as the mere mortals who've looked up to him for more than half a century. It was a day many thought would never come. Can it be true? Superman will die November 18th at the hands of a villain named Doomsday? The day that the unthinkable happened. Superman meets his demise at the hands of supervillain Doomsday in the 75th edition of the popular DC comic. 
Hello, my name is Mario Benessi, and I host the Up, Up, and Away podcast. For as long as I've been a Superman fan, I've been fascinated by the death of Superman story. After 50-some-odd years, to get people to notice, sometimes you have to go to extremes. During the month of November, episodes of the Up, Up, and Away podcast will be dedicated to the comic event that shook the nation and left millions wondering if the Man of Steel was gone for good. Yeah, they're not going to kill Superman. I think they do it just to get money. And then, like, he's going to revive in two days. There's too much money tied up in Superman for him to stay dead forever. And nobody knows what his uh, Kryptonian physiology is like. You can find the show on Potomatic at upupandaway.potomatic.com and through iTunes. The show and other Superman-related goodies can be found on Facebook by searching Up, Up, and Away Podcast. Mario can be contacted through Twitter at MarioFanOfSteel and through email at mbenessi94 at yahoo.com. That's B as in boy, E-N-N-E-S-E. Up, Up, and Away is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network. I'm sure that whenever you hear the phrase, the death of Superman, you immediately, in your brain, go back to 1958, Superman, Volume 1, Number 118, The Death of Superman. No, that's that's not where you go? Really? Really? Because, you know, the cover, that great cover, the early Kurt Swan cover, depending on the source, it's either only his second or third Kurt Swan drawn cover for Superman. Number 118? Really? That's not, you know, right there on the cover. The Death of Superman. 118. Visually, the cover is uh, Superman lying on the ground with mirrors reflecting kryptonite rays from a hunk of kryptonite being hung and held over him with a string like at the bottom of a yo-yo or something and it's being held by what appears to be superman and to the right is a guy with a machine and ha 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 evil scientist has figured out what you don't that's not the death of superman you think of really 1958 death of superman masquerade ball kryptonite slipper really Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, that was actually the first time I ever read a comic book that had the title called The Death of Superman. Actually, I guess most people, most of you, if someone says The Death of Superman, you're immediately going to the uh, to the 90s and Doomsday uh, and that wonderful series, both The Death and Return and The Reign of the Superman and all that. That, that. that was fun. And But the first thing I think of when someone says The Death of Superman is the classic from my childhood, The Death of Superman, number 149, Superman. That great, great cover. And for its day, think of that, with a pink background showing Lex Luthor bending over Superman strapped down with kryptonite and a kryptonite ray pointed at him as Lex looks behind him and behind the glass of Perry, Lois, and Jimmy. Lex kills Superman, apparently. The death of Superman. But that's my generation. And I don't believe it's unreasonable to think that there were people who came into Superman and started reading Superman comics with the New 52. And since he just died recently, there is another The Death of Superman that from, you know, a generation from now, that's what they might think of when someone says the death of Superman. Their mind will immediately go to the New 52 Superman. Because, you know, in actuality, there there are, uh, Superman has, uh, quote, died 
dozens of times in the in stories in the comics. The big ones, you could probably do a countdown, a top 10 countdown of the deaths of Superman. In fact, I, I read a piece not too long ago. Uh, it was pretty much clickbait, actually. But, you know, their top 10 deaths of Superman were not really deaths. He didn't really die. For example, Virus X in Superman, like 310, I think was the number on that, or Action 310. I forget the numbers where that is. But Virus X, he was he thought he was dying of Virus X, but he actually wasn't. Other things, other, I mean, you know, things like that have happened. And of course, they had to include whatever happened to the man of tomorrow as if he died in that. He did not die in that. <sighs> Although I wish that story would die. They'd stop putting it on every Best of this list and that list. Whatever happened to the man of the <laughs> Yeah, that's probably one story you're not going to hear me talk too much about in detail other than the absolute incredible artwork from Kurt Swan uh, in that particular story. But anyway, the death of Superman. Now, to many people, again, the 90s and the doomsday was, was massive. And that took, you know, and it got so much attention you know, the news media was covering it. It took, you know, a, a year to plan, a year to implement, you know, another year to bring back and get it all together. So it's a, it was a massive undertaking in a crossover, you know, a terrific, terrific story covered in depth, by the way, by uh, my friends Michael Bailey and Jeffrey Taylor over it from Crisis to Crisis. They'll cover that whole, they covered that whole series incredibly uh, well in detail. While I do often think of of the Superman, as I mentioned before, Superman Volume 1, number 118, and it was a fun story in the back called The Death of Superman. In that issue, there were three Superman stories, and the third one was The Death of Superman, a little eight-page story, and includes an imposter and fake kryptonite and real kryptonite and wobbly supervision. <laughs> so a fun, fun story. But the one I think of, obviously, when someone says the death of Superman, the first graphic, the first image, the first mental picture that comes to my mind is Superman number 149, the death of Superman, with that great cover of Lex Luthor bending over a Superman that is strapped down uh, with kryptonite and a kryptonite ray beaming on him, his skin turning green. Lex Luthor looking behind him in his lab coat, looking behind him at a window, behind which is Perry, Jimmy, and Lois, watching him kill Superman with the title The Death of Superman, and that bright pink background. Some would say garish, but for his time, and it jumped off the rack. It just absolutely jumped off the rack. Whenever I am asked, what's your favorite Superman story of all time? This one comes up first. This one just pops right into my head before anything else. Then the other stories flood in, and then I have to figure out, does it still hold up? Is it still there? So, what do you say we talk about it a little bit, okay? Superman, Volume 1, Number 149, a cover date of December 1961. Actually shipped September 14th. 1961, according to Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics at dcindexes.com. Once again, this cover, very, uh, very iconic cover. We see the bright pink background, Superman logo, Superman laying on a gurney strapped down with uh, kryptonite, the green kryptonite ray beaming on him, changing his 
skin color to green. Lex Luthor has a stethoscope listening to his heart as he looks back over his shoulder at Perry, Lois, and Jimmy behind a glass uh, window, I guess, as Lex Luthor pronounces Superman dead. One other thing about this particular comic book and the cover, as we look above the S in Superman, the DC bullet logo, and the price of 10 cents. This would be the last 10 cent Superman comic book. Superman volume one, number 149. The story was written by the great Jerry Siegel. Art, the awesome Kurt Swan, inked by George Klein. Part one, Lex Luthor hero. Her story begins in the prison yard where the guard is watching Lex, who has a clipboard in his hand, watching other criminals bust rocks with big hammers. And Lex Luthor, looking down at the ground, says, hmm, I wonder if, and turns and socks the guard right in the jaw. The guard, of course, reacts not in a nice way and says, okay, Luthor, you've had it. You'll be busting rocks. Your cushy job of just watching over other inmates is over. So uh, sure enough, they put Lex Luthor busting the rocks. As the guard turns away, Lex bends over, picks up a handful of the glowing rocks that he sees, and of course gets it back to his prison cell later that evening where he confirms, yes, I think I'm correct. This is the rare element Z. So that was his plot. Hit the guard. He sees the rocks, hit the guard. So the guards will make him chop up the rocks, bust up the rocks. And then he can um, sneak a handful of the glowing rocks back to his cell. And he says, yes, it's element Z. Well, the next day, Luther goes to the warden and tries to convince him, the warden, to let Lex have access to the prison laboratory because Lex thinks he has found a cure for cancer. And he says, I can cure cancer if you just give me access to the prison laboratory. Well, of course, the warden is, you know, not exactly in favor of letting Lex Luthor have access to the lab, which is, you know, a very good idea because Superman's had to capture him several times to bring him back because Luthor always comes up with a way to escape. This time, Luther says, I swear, I promise on everything that is holy, I will not escape. Give me 24 hours. So that's what happened. The, guard, the, the warden says, okay, fine, I'll give you the time, but you'll be under guard the whole time. The guard makes some snide comments, and Luther gets to work. And at the end of the time limit, the warden goes back. I mean, uh, Lex goes to the warden and gives him a vial and says, here it is. I've done it. And uh, I think it will cure cancer. The warden sends it off to be tested. And because it's comics, later that very day, the results are back. Yes, it has cured cancer. Gee, that's terrific. If I had more element Z, I could just save the world and end the world of cancer. This is terrific news. Well, back at the Daily Planet, they, Perry, Clark, Lois, and Jimmy are reading the story where the headline says that Lex Luthor cures cancer. And Superman thinks, well, hmm, let's go see what's going on. So Superman changes, uh, or Clark changes into Superman, flies into space, and gathers as much of the element Z as he can find. 
a big, big, giant ball of the stuff, flies back to the prison yard where he gives the huge ball. It's a great panel here of him handle, hanging, holding onto this big glowing gold ball that he's put together of all the little uh, meteors of element Z. Let's Luther know that now we have enough element Z that we should be able to cure all of the cancer in the, on the world. Days later, as Luther comes up for his parole hearing, kind of convenient it comes up maybe they're maybe they convened it because of this to see if he should and they are still not sure that they should be letting uh luther out when guess who should come uh through the door he didn't bust through he just opens the door and walks through superman shows up at luther's parole hearing and gives a really nice impassioned speech uh for luther which superman would do he truly and totally believes that all people are good and given the right opportunity and the second chances they will do the right thing so superman comes and speaks up for luther which of course sways the parole board they're not going to you know hey superman said it's okay let's let him go and luther thanks superman and they shake hands and when he is released as he is released who is right outside the gate door waiting for luther but Superman. Superman um, asks Luther where he would like to go. Luther says, let's go back to my lair. I'll show you my hidden secret lair. So Superman flies Luther, and you see the statue and the camera in the eye that recognizes and will let Luther in as they go in. There are the life-size statues of, of uh, Luther's heroes. Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan, Captain Kidd, and Al Capone. Uh, A lot of good heroes you got there, Lex. (laughs) And uh, Luther says he wants to turn over a new leaf and his whole life changed and he's going to start right now. And Superman, would you please destroy those statues of my former heroes? Superman says, fine. And goes up and just, you know, destroys them. As Superman and and Lex walk through Luther's lair, they are underground hideout. Uh, they reminisce about certain things that Luther had done to make Superman's life miserable, including making a giant top, uh, creating tornadoes that Superman had to save, uh, a duplicator ray that uh, created a bizarro form of Superman, uh, and other such stories. Luther holds a press conference, says that he's going to be working day and night to help mankind. And some of the underworld guys are not particularly happy about this. So a couple of mobsters show up at Luther's lab and threaten him with, you know, not nice stuff. End of part one. Well, as you can imagine, Luther's Reformation has not exactly been met with open arms and parades by the underworld. No, they're pretty upset with Luther, and that's pretty much why part two begins with Luther's Super Bodyguard. As part one ended, a couple of thugs had shown up to threaten Luther and to let him know, to find out if, hey, is this real? What are you doing here, man? We're going to have to kill Superman. He says, no, he's my friend. I can't. And you guys want, and then the the bad guys say, well, listen, Luther, if you're not with us, you're against us. We can't trust you anymore. You have betrayed us. They pull a gun and fire. But 
Of course, before the bullets could hit, Superman flies in to the rescue. Does the great George Reeves lift the two guys up and bonk their heads together and drop them to the floor? Uh, Superman turns to Luther and says, you know... This might happen again from time to time, Luther, because you have kind of a few enemies now in the underworld. So I'm giving you a signal watch similar to the one I gave Jimmy Olsen. Uh, So now Lex Luther has a signal watch. You know, he's all thrills. Great scene there. So it didn't take long before he needed it. As as, uh, the next panel, we see the underworld putting out a hit on Lex Luther. Yes, we're going to have to get rid of Lex Luther. So there goes a car speeding by, throws a grenade out at Superman, I mean at Lex Luthor, and of course he hits his uh, signal watch, ZZZ, and here comes Superman who uses his heat vision to meld it uh, before it gets to Luthor, the, the grenade before it gets to Luthor. He then picks up the car that has the crooks in it and bends it to the shape of a ball with the crooks still in it and then rolls it down the street over to the police headquarters. Not too much later, doing a little rain there, we see from the shadows as Luther's walking, getting out of his car, somebody's about ready to shoot Luther with something. He hits his signal watch, and it was a poison dart, which Superman grabs in his teeth and uh, swallows it, apparently, (laughs) and then uses his super breath to freeze the water on the sidewalk, because it's raining, and the crook falls down, and Superman knocks him out and takes him to jail. This is going to happen a lot, and Superman just is wondering, how am I going to handle all of this? And he has a little meeting up on a remote mountain with his cousin Supergirl, who at this time, by the way, uh, dear readers, in the comics, is her existence is unknown to the, to the world. When she landed on Earth, Superman took her to an orphanage, Midvale Orphanage, where she uh, adopted the guise of Linda Lee and uh, is learning how to be an Earth person from living in an orphanage in the 60s, 50s and 60s. But uh, Superman and Supergirl now are meeting up on this mountain, and Superman is pretty much telling her uh, his problems, that what Luther is doing is terrific stuff, but it's becoming almost a full-time job to protect him. You know, and she gives him great encouragement. But Superman has come up with an idea. He's going to build a spaceship orbiting Earth. And it's got a laboratory in space and a home and everything that Luther would need to continue his work and live orbiting Earth. Well... The bad guys hear about that. The mobsters hear about that, too. And they put their money together and they, they, they uh, buy a rocket and fire it at Luther's space laboratory. Superman sees it, of course, flies into space, stops it, kaboom, and adds another layer of protection to the space station, his space lab up there, Luther's space lab. Adds not a force field, but a shield, a clear type shield around the around the space lab and one door that only luther controls from the inside Uh, he also creates a large kind of a rocket that is set uh, and it looks like lex luther and superman tells lex if he's ever in trouble and he needs him fire this rocket into space and he'll see it and he'll come superman will come in and to your rescue well it didn't take long a few days later when kaboom in space, Superman wonders, oh no, what is going on? Flies to Luther's space station. The, the door to the shielding is open and Superman says something must be wrong. The door is open. This is not good. And flies in and says, oh, and there's Luther. 
well, hi, Lex, what's wrong? What's going on? What's the emergency? And Luther says, wrong? Nothing's wrong for me. And then turns on a green kryptonite ray. And Superman falls to the ground. The ray is enveloping him. It's all over him. Luther, what? What if, what's going on? What is this? And then Luther starts to explain that it was all a trick. He had planned this whole thing to lull Superman into this state where he would totally trust Luther so that Luther is now killing Superman. He gets Luther up on his gurney, up on the, the tabletop thing, straps him in using kryptonite belts, and the ray is on there. Lois, Jimmy, and Perry are behind uh, the glass wall. Apparently, Luther had gotten them up to his space station somehow. And then Luther goes and explains the entire thing of how it was an entire plot so that he could kill Superman. And he just keeps this ray on him, and it goes on and on, and Superman is in agony, and he's groaning, and his skin is turning greener and greener, and there's just nothing. And finally, his heart stops. Luther uses a micro scanner to scan the inside to make sure that even Superman is not faking it. Listens, and yes, Superman is green not moving, not breathing, and pronounced dead. Luther, victorious, arms raised in ecstasy. I've done it. I have killed Superman. Takes him, he takes his ship, flies Superman and Perry, Jimmy, and Lois back to Earth, where he leaves the body of Superman with the three of them. Superman's laying on the ground. His head is covered in his cape. Luther gets on a worldwide, uh, opens his radio system, gets on the worldwide broadcast to the world, explaining that, yes, he has killed Superman. Of course, the underworld is just having a party and celebrating, and Luther very proud of himself. Finally, finally, I have done it. Superman is dead. End of part two. Part 3. What is the reaction of the Earth 
and the world to the destruction of Superman. How did his closest friends take it? Now that the Man of Steel is slain, will Lex Luthor finally rule Earth? Will crime and injustice flourish with Superman gone? The final chapter in this amazing imaginary tale answers all of these and many more questions raised by the death of Superman. The sun rises on a saddened world as every decent person on earth feels a great deep loss at the passing of the Man of Steel. Soon the streets outside Metropolis Chapel are choked with hundreds of thousands of mourners, each silently awaiting a final glimpse of the slain Superman who lies in state. Inside the chapel, one by one, they slowly file past Superman's casket. Among them are world leaders who have flown by jet to Metropolis to pay their final respects. On moves the melancholy procession. Among the mourners are even weird alien mourners who traveled to Earth through space warps once learning the tragic truth. He's befriended planets and people of many races all over the universe, human or otherwise. The sea of faces slowly eddies by, faces of every race and nationality, young, old, all saddened by the passing of a great man. Then is the turn of grief-stricken Lois Lane, assisted by her sister Lucy. Lois takes a last look at her fallen hero and says goodbye. Also passing by is Lori Lamaris, pushed by Jimmy Olsen and Perry White. And then Lana Lang, who also has a tearful goodbye to say to Superman, followed by his pet Crypto. And, in disguise as Linda Lee, Supergirl, also passes by. And not everyone is from the present. Also, the Legion of Superheroes, Saturn Girl, Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad from the future. And even viewing from the Fortress of Solitude on the view screen, his robots, the Superman robots. And, on a special camera and special screens in the bottle city of Kandor, we see uh, Van Z and Sylvia and their children, along with other Kryptonians, mourning the death of Superman. But not everybody is sad to see Superman dead. quite ecstatic and is having a huge party for Lex Luthor. Everybody eat, drink, and make merry. Hooray for the great Luthor. He is great. He has killed Superman. Wow. The big banquet hall or room that they're in is covered with a mural which shows the last minutes of Superman, of Lex Luthor bending over Superman's dead body. There's also a big statue in the corner of Superman being killed by Kryptonite, and they're just, you know, heaping on the praise for the great and mighty Lex Luthor. They also then say, Luthor, tell us, tell us, how did you do it? It was easy, said Luthor. All I had to do was pretend to reform and pretend to be Superman's friend. 
it was easy because he trusted me. Once he trusted me, all I had to do was pick the time and the place, and I knew exactly how it was going to end. Hooray for Luther! Brilliant! Brilliant! Say the crowd. They're cheering him. But the cheering is stopped as through the wall crashes Superman. Wait, what? Superman? Can't be. It's impossible. I killed him. I'm positive of it. He's dead. Sure looks like Superman as he grabs the mural off the wall and smashes it into the rope to the uh, statue. But then, to the dismay and disbelief of everyone in the room, as Superman flexes his muscles, he rips off a mask and a costume showing Supergirl underneath. It's, it's a girl. My name is Supergirl. I'm Superman's cousin from Krypton. And in the name of Krypton, Lex Luthor, for killing a Kryptonian, I arrest you. She picks Luthor up and flies out as the criminals pull their weapons and shoot as the bullets simply bounce off. And uh, once they get to the Fortress of Solitude using a special ray, Supergirl takes Lex Luthor into the bottle city of Kandor and to a court there. Lex Luthor, you are charged with murdering a Kryptonian, therefore you will be tried in a Kryptonian court. The prosecution says that they will prove without a doubt that Lex Luthor killed Kal-El from Krypton, known as Superman on Earth. With a special, uh, by the way, there are special cameras and special hookups so that the people of Earth can watch on their television sets. And all across Kandor, of course, big monitors show the trial as one after another, people testify against Lex Luthor. And then, of course, comes Lois Lane, who was there, who watched as Lex Luthor and gives a tearful uh, summation of her testimony of how Lex Luthor killed Superman. And Lex Luthor is just standing there in his... uh, you know, at his little box, they have him in a box and glass. Looks a little like what you might remember. Well, some of you look at pictures of history, the Nuremberg trials. But there's Lex Luthor with arrogant, smug look on his face as he sits there thinking to himself, fine, go ahead, go ahead, say all you want, but I'll get out of this. As one another, as one after another, they continue to testify against him because I have an ace up my sleeve. So after all the testimony, they say, Luther, how do you plead? And Luther arrogantly says, guilty, but I won't pay for it. And they are stunned. So the judge says, fine, guilty, then you will be sentenced to the phantom zone. And Luther says, ah, I'll tell you what, sending me away will not bring Superman back, but... Let me go, and I will create a ray that will enlarge your city. It's what you've always wanted, and I will give that to you. He's thinking arrogantly. There's something they've wanted as long as they have been in this bottle. They won't turn that deal down. It's a deal they can't refuse. But instantly, the judge says, we make no deals with murderers. Executioner, send him to the Phantom Zone. Luther no, wait, you don't get it. And boom, off he goes, turned into a phantom for eternity.
So, of course, all the papers covering it, but also covering the fact that now Supergirl has taken over for Superman and will continue his great career. And we see the, you know, Girl of Steel to continue Superman's crusade for justice. Crowd looking below at Supergirl and Crypto as they fly above, as Supergirl and Crypto fly above the city. And uh, passes a place in the park with a great statue in the, of Superman and Earth behind it. Here lies the body of Earth's greatest hero, Superman. Supergirl thinking to herself that she had always wanted and dreamt of the day where she could openly use her powers for the betterment of humanity and the planet Earth, but is saddened that it had to be this way. And then we see Superman in the clouds waving to her as she says she will continue to fight for Earth. End of part three, the death of Superman. Well, you know, it's it's interesting, too, at the bottom, at the last panel uh, of this, the editor has to pretty much say, don't feel too sad. Don't worry. Everything's okay. It was an imaginary story, okay? Come back next month for another exciting episode in the amazing adventures of Superman. So there you have it. The Death of Superman, the 1961 version. You know, I, I I love practically everything about this particular story, the way it's told. And I don't think, you know, I was thinking about this, and I don't think that this story could have been told with any other superhero and their arch villain. I mean, think about it. Would Batman for one second believe Joker had reformed enough for Batman to let his guard down totally and be trapped by him? No, of course not. Maybe Barry Allen? who still, you know, even back in the 60s, saw the the positive in people. But no other villain could beat Superman like that. Lex Luthor was clever, was brilliant, was devious, and looked at the long term and realized that the way to beat Superman is to take advantage of his hopeful nature. Just brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant and the artwork oh my goodness gracious kurt swan uh just just so good at telling this story through the art now this story by the way you don't have to pay a lot of money to go get number superman number 149 it's been reprinted uh about eight or nine places even as late as 2007 in the showcase volumes of course that's in black and white but you'll get to see the great kurt swan artwork and it 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 is absolutely great from the very beginning of this story when we see lex luther in the prison yard and then discovering the fact that it's element z in his cell the lighting the shading the angles that kurt uses that swan uses on this it's just terrific absolutely terrific the facial expressions throughout the thing you know everything uh, superman flying into space and and by speaking of that by the way some people will say oh we like the jerry siegel superman this is the jerry siegel superman yes he is at his most powerful right here right now 
can fly into space under his own power, can fly through time under his own power, can see other worlds with his supervision in real time. I mean, this is Superman. And it's also Lex Luthor at his best. Cunning, clever, devious, brilliant scientist. And at the end of the story, once you realize that from the very beginning, when he realizes this is element Z, that's his ticket. That's his ticket. And in spite of the fact that now this brilliant scientist has cured cancer, has turned his science uh, knowledge to other things, and is doing great things for humanity, it was all a ploy for Superman to totally and without question trust Lex Luthor, which he does, which he absolutely does. And there are some also great scenes in the second chapter where uh, Superman has to, you know, stop the bullets. He gives Luther a um, signal watch. It's a terrific scene there. Meeting with Supergirl, that brings her into the story. And it lets us know, once again, the reader, that, oh, here's my cousin Supergirl. She's a secret weapon. The Earth does not know her yet. But times like this, they meet up. They have a nice three or four panel chat. And when Superman decides he's going to make the space station, that right there, Superman gives Lex the tool he will need to finish off Superman. <laughs> so good. So good. It's brilliant. Leading Lex to then bring his own uh, missile and shoot that to let Superman know he's in trouble, bringing Superman and boom, the kryptonite ray. And that death takes two pages, uh, over two pages. So the ray hits him. Then we have two full pages of Lex dialoguing over Superman and telling and killing him with the uh, great panel of Lex Luthor, arms in the air with this um, gradient-filled background from white-yellow at the bottom all the way to dark red at the top, and the bubbles in Luthor in full exultation and euphoria. I have done it. Uh, just so good. So, so good. Uh, and even in the third chapter, when we get to this incredibly emotional third chapter of uh, not only as friends, but people of the world and people from other worlds filing by the glass casket of Superman and each giving their own thought of, of why he was so special to them. It's just beautiful. A little silly bit of the robot in the fortress. The, the robots also saying they would have glad, any one of them would have gladly given their lives for him. So that's a little weird. The robots being on active and watching the ceremony too. And of course, some great scenes of Van Z and Sylvia. Those are, if for those of you who don't know, in the bottle city of Candor, Van Z, V-A-N-Z-E-E, is uh, an identical twin of Kal-El, looks just like Superman. And he's, his wife, Sylvia, looks just like Lois Lane, and they have a couple of little kids. And there have been other stories about them. But right to the very end here, then we get to the, to the uh, scene where all the mobsters are together having the big banquet celebrating Luther, and the dialogue that Luther uses to retell the story, and the look on his face as he retells the story of how Superman, how he caught him totally off guard, 
lulled him into a false sense of security and hit him with the kryptonite and watched him groan and wriggle in pain as his life slowly ebbed away and was snuffed out. Luther was ecstatic, and the people were ecstatic listening to it. And then, of course, Supergirl coming in and taking him away. Right to the very end, Lex Luthor being Lex Luthor in the bottle city of Candor, thinking, because he thinks, I'll make a deal. I'll give them something they've always wanted, and they'll be happy. It'll, it'll be great. He really believes that offering the people of Candor the ability to enlarge themselves back to normal size once again... They will accept that deal, and of course they don't, and send him to the Phantom Zone for eternity, as then Supergirl takes over and becomes what Superman was. Such a really, really, really good story. I can't say enough about it. And in my opinion, to be honest with you, one of the best Superman stories ever written, from the great Jerry Siegel, with art by Kurt Swan, inked by George Klein. It's terrific. Okay, there you have it. One of my favorite Superman stories of all time. In the next episode of the Superman Forever Radio podcast, we take a look at, yeah, Superman. <laughs> but is it nature or nurture? Hmm. We'll see you. Bye. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Send email to bob at supermanforever.com.